1: All right, guys. Thank you for joining us today on Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. I am joined by Warren and David Holder from Raised Hunting. Gentlemen, how are you?
2: Doing great. Yourself? We're doing Man, good. I am, yeah.
1: I am absolutely better than I deserve. I, uh, I know that. Um, you know, now, first of the year, um, new hunting opportunities, uh, looking at the calendar for the year and, and getting excited for what's to come. I'm excited to hear what you guys have coming for the year. But uh, before we dive in, give us a quick introduction to yourselves and uh, and Raised Hunting and what all you guys do there.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to make me go first. Uh, Raised Hunting, this is our eighth year um, that we've been producing the television show for the Outdoor Channel. Um, on top of that, we have Raised Outdoors, our app. We have Raised a Full Draw, which is our um, nonprofit campsite. Um, and so it really has become, uh, it's a family-owned and operated company that we just, when Karen and I first started discussing this, we wanted to build something that could tell the stories of what it's like to raise your kids, hence the name, um, in the hunting lifestyle. And we wanted something that would reach across not just the honey demographics, but reach all kinds of people, and hence the the name and the the whole um, layout of raised hunting um, has become just that. And we're trying to tell those stories that uh, most people have dealt with somewhere in life. And even if they haven't dealt with it in a hunting situation, you might have a kid that's into football or ballet or piano. Everyone relates the way they teach their kids and the way they raise their kids into the things that they do. So that would be my uh, synopsis.
1: Awesome, man. Now, how long have you guys been doing Raised at Full Draw?
0: Oh, 18 years now. Um, and wow. Yeah, it's been longer than we've had the television show. Now, it wasn't always under Raised at Full Draw. Raised at Full Draw uh, was born the year after, so seven years as Raised at Full Draw. But we've been holding camps like this um, where we take 50 kids, keep them for four days, three nights, um, in multiple different states now, um, all across the U.S., uh, for seven years now,
1: that is awesome, man. So you guys have ran through a lot of kids.
0: Oh, thousands. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them more memorable than other ones.
1: <laughs> what's your What's your biggest? uh I don't want to say success story, but what's your biggest? Like this kid turned into something special in the outdoors.
0: You want to, I got a couple that come to mind right away. I don't know if Warren has.
2: Let's see if they're the same.
0: Well, one would be Clayton. Um, uh, we got a young man that came back last two years has been an instructor now for us that we met before we were raised at full draw that Clayton is now becoming a heart surgeon. Um, wow. And he will flat tell you that a lot of, um, you know, the things not, we didn't teach him heart surgery, especially not on a deer when we, you know, gutted one or something, but um, he just felt like that we had a lot of um, growing up information um in our in our that's not you know something that we don't like it's not like we're publicizing that we are teaching kids more than just hunting while they're there, but he definitely would tell you that he got a lot more out of it than you know just the hunting camp. So he's awesome. one of the big ones.
2: I I would think um Clayton's definitely one and then uh there's a young man named Adam mm-hmm. that would be one of mine and the biggest thing with Adam was not necessarily um, what he turned into as a hunter, but more so what he became as a person. His first year at camp, he was one of those kids where, I mean, it didn't matter what you, you could have waived the $100 bill in front of his face and you couldn't get him to talk. You know, he's just a really, really shy kid. And uh, was it that year that he won or came in second in the water shoot? Second year. We have something that we call the water shoot, which is basically um, two Ziploc bags full of water on a pendulum. And so whoever hits that, the bag and empties their their bag first wins, but we don't let them use their bows. They use a Genesis bow, you know, or just a kid's bow and arrow. So I mean, really, it's kind of a crapshoot. And he won it the second year, either won it or came in in second. And just the confidence that it gave him was unbelievable. And he ended up uh, from that point on, he became a team leader and really, really came out of his shell and. Uh, I would say that that experience alone really helped that kid um, turn into a man.
1: That's awesome, man. Now, how long have you guys been with Bear?
0: I think it's six We were years. just discussing that. We think it's six or seven years. Um, I I think maybe this will be the sixth season that we'll have on air, and I think we've actually been working with them for seven.
2: The Arena wow. 34 is the first one that I shot with Bear.
0: Well, the first one oh, I shot was the bear whitetail too, and well, that was long it. before we had a TV show. <laughs> <jail. laughs>
1: now, with that bear whitetail too being being one of your first bows, does the new whitetail this year get you excited?
0: Oh man, I mean, I think the whole once the EKO or Echo, however you want to say it, hit the market, which I guess was last year. Um, I've always been a bear believer. I've always believed in the brand. I've always believed in the name. I've always believed in the company because it just stands for way more than just a bow to shoot. Um, And so, but making some of the changes they've made in the last couple of years, um, holy cow. I mean, and and Warren's probably one of the biggest skeptics when it comes to um, he's a technical when it comes to archery, you know, he's, he's the technical guru that wants it all perfect. And it certainly seems like they've listened to some of his suggestions or other people given the same kinds. And I mean, all the bows, but I, I would tell you that the redemption um, is kind of a whole in a whole new place of its own. Not that the whitetail legend isn't a great bow, but um, everyone has their preference. So
1: yeah, the the redemption is a bow that flat out performs. I mean, no question, no two bones about it. It flat out performs, and uh, you know, I say this all the time, but you had the status in hand, and you just think to yourself, "A great bow. How on God's green earth are they going to make it any better?" And then the redemption comes out, and it's got a better draw cycle. It's more dead in the hand. It's quieter. It's just a better bow to shoot and and now that you have the redemption in hand it's like all right there's no way they're topping it for 2022 so i just can't wait to see what they come out with again uh because it seems like they always find some way to make it better um which is exciting for us as archers uh something to look forward to for sure but uh now with you guys being so deeply Involved in children and and being a family owned and operated business with, with not only you know David you being involved in your wife and your boys, uh, but but pouring into children in the outdoors, does Bear's family philosophy philosophy play a huge role in you guys, uh, shooting and being with Bear?
2: I think that was probably one of the initial, um, reasons that we formed a partnership, really is because it was more, uh, it wasn't so much about necessarily the bows of the technology that Bear was coming out with, but more of the roots and and what we both believed in.
0: You know, it's funny, um, Dylan, the the first year, you know, you come out with a new television show like we did, uh, no one knew who we were. And so no one's going to give us the time of day, including any kind of, we didn't have an archery um, uh, or a bow sponsor, if you would. And so after that first year, um, we kind of raised hunting really kind of, we made a pretty significant impact that first year. And by doing so, we had the opportunity to shoot a couple different brands that we could have gone in any direction. And I can tell you, it wasn't a hard sell to the family. And it definitely wasn't a hard sell to me the moment that, and I'll give David uh, Blanton from Realtree. He's the guy that walked us down to the bear booth and said, the two of you guys need to meet. And that's where the whole uh, you know, partnership was born, really. And it just has grown from there. We've seen some turnover in bear and things like that. But uh, Alec Wyman, now that's in there is just seems like he's fantastic. And he understands the vision of raised hunting. And um, yes, long answer to a very short question. The answer is 100% yes. This company um, is more than just an archery or a, or a bow providing company.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely is man. And, and just having spent a week with Alec, um, the guy lives and breathes making bear archery better, which I love. I love that we have a, a, a marketing director that is passionate about not only the products and marketing the products, but the company as a whole. And, uh, and man, I'm I'm incredibly excited for the years to come with Bear Archery because I think that that big things are are coming and not just in products but but as a company I think big things are coming. Um and so I'm excited to not only get to to watch it and be a part of it but but man from the bottom of my heart I'm excited that you guys are on board for it. Um I love what you guys do. I love the mission. I love I love the the mentality of of family and I love the mentality of getting kids involved and uh it's just it's an it's an awesome thing to have you guys on board uh being a being a company and a TV show that is so passionate about family and, and the values line up perfectly and so to have you guys and to know that you guys are are on board with us pushing us in the same direction we need to go is uh it's an incredible thing man
0: yep the good lord works that way you know we never know where that's going to come from
1: yeah, absolutely. Now what are you guys' plans for twenty twenty one? Got any big plans?
2: <laughs> Working hot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the biggest one probably that uh I'll kinda of let the cat out of the bag is in only what three weeks, four weeks, uh we head to New Mexico. Karen is gonna try to um shoot a mountain lion with her bow. And this has been a probably 10, at least 10 years, maybe 20 years, maybe longer than that. I don't know. As long as I've known her, she's been talking about this. And this is the first time that we're ever going to actually try. So, awesome. yeah, it's a cool deal. So we're going to start off that. Um, Then when we get back from there, um, we always, we're we're big into turkey hunting, love turkey hunting. And so I have some plans to head out to um, South Dakota, do some turkey hunting. I'm guessing that one or two are the boys and some of the camera guys will follow along as they always do. And, um, then we'll do some hunting
2: here. Shed season. Yeah. Dad's already picking up. He's cherry picking before I can go. He's taking all the big sheds. We found a big one Saturday.
0: Yeah. It's either that or run it over. You don't want me to run over the shed. So,
2: yeah.
1: Now I, uh, this is a, a, a kind of a cool story. So me and Alec were in South Texas, um, just last week. And, uh, well, I guess it would have been a couple weeks ago now, but, uh, and Alex shot a whitetail and it shed both of its antlers after he shot it before it fell. Um, and, and so they're walking, they're walking the blood trail and, and the outfitter was like, Oh, look, a shed, picked it up. And, uh, 20 yards later, it was like, Hey, another shed. Oh, it's a matching set. And, uh, we get up to the deer. They get up to the deer. I wasn't with them. They get up to the deer and Alex says, where's his antlers? And the guide says, I think I've got them right here. <laughs> And so it was kind of a funny deal that that it shed both of its antlers before it ever hit the ground um but uh, yeah, just a cool hunt,
0: yeah, that's he's lucky you're finding them before you get there, otherwise you'd have been freaking out, yeah,
1: yeah, no kidding, no kidding you' have been i I promise I didn't shoot a doe, man yeah. <laughs> no uh but it was cool story, man but uh, what else you got playing that that's a big hunt uh are all of you guys going on the mountain line, or just just your wife?
0: No, just Karen and I um. And then, um, I'm sure we haven't solidified everything. Got to wait for tags to come back for any Western, uh, elk hunts and stuff. We'll be, we got an antelope hunt that we always do in August. Um, and then we, uh, we might be going on a mule deer hunt. We probably are just not sure which one yet.
1: Yeah. So where do you guys, where do you guys antelope hunt at? Uh,
0: in Wyoming, just South of Gillette.
1: Awesome, man. Uh, now, if I remember, you guys are pretty passionate about antelope, right?
0: Oh, boy. We love our antelope hunting. Love a, a eating antelope mainly. So you got to go every year so you can eat them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, man. Uh, is, is antelope your favorite wild game?
2: It is mine. I don't know if it is Warren's. Um, not mine. I'd have to say probably moose is some of the best I've ever had, but that's been from other people. The best, in my opinion, is the best that I can have consistently is elk. I like antelope, but not not to the extent that I like elk.
1: Yeah. Um. Now, with 2021 being such an, you know, at this point in the game still an a, uh, uh, in question year. You know, we don't know how all this COVID stuff is going to blow over. We don't know, um, you know, what state our nation will be in at the time. Does that alter or change your hunting plans, or are you guys just gung ho about it no matter what?
2: I think it makes us look forward to them more.
1: <laughs> Getting away, unplugging and recharging the batteries. I'd yeah.
0: that. The only thing that it can change is how you get there. Um, you know, and things like that. And then too, we've run into situate. last year we went on a Osceola turkey hunt and we had we had to drive. We could not there was no option to fly at that time. So, you know, you gotta be willing to you don't want to lock things in too much. Um, so it affects us some, not, not as much as others for sure.
1: I had a conversation with a guy and, uh, he's, he's much older and and really reaching the end of, of being able to travel and do a lot of stuff. And, uh, I said, man, well, how did 2020 affect, uh, your hunting? He said, well, I didn't dude. I spent a month in Africa. I spent a a month in, in wherever he's named like four countries. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Fantastic. And, uh, he said, I, it wasn't slowing me down at all. And I'm like, well, good for you, my friend.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where I think when you get out in the woods, it, it's just nice to be away from it. And it's one of those times where you don't have to worry about and think about it and see all that stuff. It reminds you how, uh, simple things can be.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, you know, I was down in South Texas, like I said, and and uh, all the rumors going around about martial law and everything. And, and one of the guys that was down there hunting with us uh, was constantly on his phone updating and, uh, and saying all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, really, I, I don't want to hear about it, man. You know, I just want to hunt. Don't want to worry about what's going on. Don't want to worry. I want to unplug. I don't want to hear social media. I don't want to hear all this stuff. I just want to hunt, man. And uh, And that's part of the beauty of being out there, like you said, is just taking your mind off everything else. And for that moment, it's just you and the animals.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep.
1: Now, what are you guys shooting for 2021 this year?
2: We're both shooting the redemption.
1: The
0: redemption. And which, who got which one? Because the first one that was sent was supposed to be mine, but someone took it out of the box and proceeded to set it up. But I've now got mine dialed in. So I hope Alec listens to this so that he'll know that both of them are in Karen's shooting the divergent and I was just um, working with her yesterday with that. Um, Like I said, getting ready for this cat hunt. And I was extremely impressed with not only her shooting, she's always shot well, but that boat was, we we went from, she started at like 48 pounds. We were fiddling with the, the poundage a little bit and she was shooting 52 in a few minutes with no issues. And, um, Man, I, I it just I I keep telling her I wish I could keep my bow as quiet as hers is.
2: Um, it, it just virgin shoot really nice. It
0: does really good,
1: dude. The, the the diver the the divergent is one of the for a price point bow one of the greatest performing bows you could get, and uh, and that's you know that's what I've heard from a lot of people is with this twenty twenty one lineup the amount of draw weight they can pull that they haven't been able to before. Uh, you know, Christy Titus a couple episodes back shared with us that she's pulling 61 pounds uh, on the Redemption, which she's never been able to pull that much before. And that's just a testament as to how smooth these bows draw. Uh, You know, there's no big load-up in them. There's no big hump you, or valley or you got to get over. It's just a, a smooth-drawing bow. And, and for these women to be able to pull more weight than they've ever pulled before is a big deal.
2: Absolutely.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, there's a lot of guys now not even there's no reason to go to the end of the spectrum anymore where, I mean, I grew up in that era where they were still making 80 pound bows and every guy you knew was trying to get there, you know? Um, but now seventies pretty much the max and a lot of guys have backed off of that. There's just no need. The bows have become so efficient and their Um, and bear is just like laid theirs right in the middle of that where, um, like you said, dead in the hand and smooth draw cycles and increased draw, um, let-offs and things like that, and making them more. What I love, I think about all of them is that they've really gotten the easy to work on. Where that person that is not super knowledgeable and has to depend on a uh, on a pro shop might be able to do some minor things to their bow and not worry about killing themselves or hurting their bow in any way. It's really been a huge help.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, that's. We were shooting the uh, we were shooting the legit the other day, and uh, within five minutes, uh, we had it set to draw weight and draw length for a different guy, and uh, and they'd shoot it a few arrows, and five minutes later, somebody else was shooting it, and uh, it's just an awesome thing, especially if we go back to the family aspect, and, and everybody in the family being able to shoot a bow, it's just an awesome thing that in five minutes, you can have a new shooter set up ready to go, and my kids can shoot this bow, and then... I can adjust it and go out and be ready to hunt with it. Just a, it's incredible, man.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because like I said, I remember the days when, well, Karen will, if she was sitting here, she would tell you about the days when she would try to shoot my hand-me-down bows and there's no way, you know, I mean, draw links were too long. If you wanted something else, you had to order modules and change them out. You had to put things in a press to do that. No, you know, just, it's just been a, a, in that aspect i believe that's been a great help for archery and and i think that's an that's a testament to fred bear himself i mean cuz i mean he's the first one that gave us some kind of system to be able to draw a bow easier than what you know the traditional stuff was um and so now seeing that his thought process is still being carried on is huge
1: yeah 100% man and that is, that's one of the most beautiful parts about it all. And, uh, and it's one of those things that just kind of pulls on your heartstrings. If you'll actually stop and think about it and think about, uh, Fred bear and the legacy that he lived and how bear archery continues to carry that on and continues to, uh, you know, live the Fred bear way. Uh, what does that, what does that mean to you guys? What does the Fred bear way mean to you guys? Uh, and being a part of the Fred bear way.
2: I think personally to me, it means, um, carrying on the, not only the tradition of bow hunting, but the ethics and the values that it carries with it. So, you know, instilling in the next generation what it means to respect the animals, what it means to, um, be a bow hunter, trying to get as close as you can, make the most ethical shots that you can and do, and doing all that out of respect for, the environment for animals and um and for the ability to be out there and enjoying it so i think it's you know uh making sure that you pass it on passing it on in a way that it's going to preserve it for as many generations to come
1: yeah a hundred percent i would agree with you man and uh you know if 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 there's one man and you know obviously i never had the uh the pleasure of meeting or knowing him. Um, he passed away before I was alive. But after reading so many articles and seeing his his passion and his desire to see archery available for everyone, um, I think it just speaks volumes for a company to carry that on. And and it's, you know, sometimes it's easy to neglect the beginner. Sometimes it's easy to look straight to the guy who's gonna purchase a, a $999 bow. And it's it's oftentimes the beginner is overlooked and so to see a company who's willing to carry on and 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 pick up that flag uh, that archery is for everyone and it needs to be available for everyone is a beautiful thing
0: agreed i mean that's you know see for me i guess it's a little more personal on that side i never met fred bear myself but i saw a guy who loved he lived to love hunting um and you could hear that when you heard him speak about it and Um, I hope that we're doing any kind of justice to what he started just because of the legacy that he did leave and and what he was after and what he wanted to accomplish. Because it's a never, it's not like it's something that stops. You don't get to a certain point and go, okay, we're there. Um, It's something, you know, I pray that Warren and Easton and other kids, their age, their kids, I pray that, that someone will continue to pick up that flag and keep carrying it. Um, and I just hope that someday someone will comment about David Holder and say, hey, he, ha- he was in that same, not, not in the same ballpark, but he had the same mentality of, of Fred Bear. And that's what I think, I hope that we're all striving for something like that, something to give back rather than to see what we can take away before we leave.
1: Yeah, absolutely man. Now, before we before we move on, uh I do want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Wise Eye Technology. Um they make cellular trail cameras that have uh really changed the way I hunt. They have game recognition technology so I don't have to look through thousands of pictures of coons and does and squirrels and grass blowing, but I get pictures of the bucks that I want to see and it recognizes bucks and places them into certain folders. So if I want to see what time a certain buck is showing up uh, or or how wind and, and weather is affecting a certain buck and its movement, I can go to that bucks folder and see when it's coming in and when it's moving and just fantastic technology, um, put into wise eye technologies, cameras. So go check out wise eye, uh, for any of your cellular camera needs, uh, because they have changed the way that we scout and changed the way that we, uh, prepare to hunt an animal. Now, what are your guys' setups outside of bows? Um, so, so run me through your bow setups, sights, stabilizers, rest quivers. How are you guys set up to hunt this year?
2: I have the, uh, so I got the redemption, And then I'm using the Trophy Ridge React Pro 5. I also have one of the one pins. Um, And sometimes when I'm feeling froggy in the summer, I'll switch that out and put that one pin on there, you know, so I can shoot out to 100 yards, 110, whatever. And then I have the Hitman kit on there. Um, I believe mine is, is it, I think the six and the eight on the front bar and the side. Um, And then obviously the, Trophy Ridge Light One Quiver, that's pretty slick. And then arrows, I'm um, shooting the gold tip Pierce Platinums with an NAP Kill Zone. So far, it's treated me pretty good.
1: Now that before before we get into yours, David, that light lock quiver. Let me talk about that for a minute. That light lock quiver is one of the greatest quivers I believe ever made. Um, I, I, I used to be big on tight spots, and, and they make a great quiver, but the light lock functions just like a tight spot. I can get it in as close to my riser as I want. It's light, but I can get it as close into my riser as I want, and it's got more features built into it with a with a light in the hood and a light to see where I'm going. I mean, absolutely fantastic! It's a, it's an it's eliminated the need for me to carry a flashlight into my stands in the morning or, or walking out of the stands at night. It's it's eliminated one thing that I have to carry with me, and that's just an awesome thing, man. Uh, you know that quiver I. I can't shoot with it off. I mean, I shoot better with it on. It's just a fantastic quiver and it it completes a setup. And and I absolutely am head over heels for that quiver. Uh, David, what are you shooting?
0: Right now? I'm still shooting the status, but making the switch to the redemption here. Um, Now I'm shooting the react trio um, only because I'm not a long distance shooter. Even practice wise, occasionally I may shoot out to 50, 60 yards when I'm practicing, but everything that we pretty much hunt is 40 yards and under. Now I would tell anyone that I'm, I'm probably going to go back to the five pin react because I forget that I switched it. (laughs) So I, you know, I go down there, I have it set for 60 yards and then I come back and I shoot 30 and I shoot eight inches or 10 inches high. And so I'm like, okay, I don't like that. Um, But for that guy that wants that, you know, versatility, like what Warren was talking about, he'll switch to the, um, go to the one pin when he wants to shoot further, the React 3 or the React Trio gives you all gives you the whole thing. You know, you got two fixed pins and then you go, your third one is the one that changes for you, so to speak. And then I'm shooting the same quiver, but I see, I like the quiver for the, the other side of it. And that is we all, I shoot and Warren does too, we shoot expandables most of the time. And being able to put your, your expandable broadhead back in a quiver in the dark in a tree uh, and not catch it on something and have it open up or something like that. Being able to click on a light real quick, see where it goes, slide it up in there. It's, and then I can't tell you how many times we've used that light to be able to see us taking cameras apart or whatever in the tree. Um, so I agree, just the technology is super. Um, and then uh, I do not shoot the entire kit. Like I'm shooting the Hitman, but I, I only shoot a six inch on the front. Uh, just cuz they haven't talked me into the fact that I need to be doing all this other stuff. So I'm I'm somewhat a little bit less on the equipment side um than what some of the family is, but that's okay. You know, I like the simplicity a little bit.
1: Yeah. No, I uh I absolutely love the React Trio. I've been a multi-pin slider for for a long time. And uh and I took basically I took everything I liked from all of the other three-pin sliders in the industry and uh and I quickly realized this Trophy Ridge has what I like about every one of them, and it doesn't have some of the things I don't like about the others. And so, as far as multi-pin sliders go, the React Trio is a fantastic sight, and and I love it. Um, and I actually took the head off of a a single React One Pro dovetail. I took the head off that, and I put a three-pin head on on that that body. And so I have a I have the React Trio head on a dovetail. So it's come to be the best of of both worlds for me. Now, I actually, I've always been a sidebar guy. I've ran sidebars now for however many years. And this year, I just thought to myself, I want to make this bow as simple as I can. I just want to get back to the simplicity of, of bow hunting. And so not running a sidebar, and I'm not even running a drop away. This year, for the first time in like Ten years, I went back to a Whisker biscuit, and I've been so incredibly pleased with the Whisker biscuit. I uh, I took it in to get it set up, and some of the guys were kind of looking at me like I had four eyes when I handed them a Whisker biscuit to put on it, and uh, and they talked to me about tuning issues, and I said just throw it on there, and uh, and he walked back out and he said well it, he was almost shocked he said well it shot a bullet hole first time through the paper and I'm like okay thank you sir. And uh, went out and and had that bow-sided in out to 100 yards in like 20 minutes and uh, shot a deer with it two nights later. So the whisker biscuit for me, uh, I don't know that I'll ever switch back to a drop away because it's just so simple, to the point, sweet, flawless, and uh, it's working well for me.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's not until you start to really want to get that, you know, how how exact or how accurate do we want to be or do you need to be? If you're not hunting... Um, very far you're not a target shooter shooting 80 100 yards you don't need to be that accurate and that's where I think that dropaways can pl- be a difference maker I'm not saying that you can't shoot a, a whisker biscuit 100 yards you probably can but can you hold the same group that someone with a drop away can maybe not maybe you can you know but my point is is that uh, there's an option for everyone and I the whisker biscuit though that's honestly I started with one years and years ago um, and you just can't get any more simple than that, you, really yeah.
1: can't, you know, so, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned David Blanton and he's the guy that, 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 uh, got me back on the whisker biscuit. I, uh, like I said, I had dropped for about 10 years and I was having a conversation with David and, uh, and he said, go to a whisker biscuit. And if you don't like it, I'll buy you a drop And, uh, and so I, I, you know, I said, well, Hey, you've killed more big bucks than I could ever dream of. So better listen to you. And, uh, and I threw the whisker biscuit on. I've been incredibly pleased, man. And, and, uh, you know, I'm much like Warren probably. I overthink everything. I I put a lot of thought into what goes on my bow, into the technology on my bow into how it's being used and the tuning it and, and making sure everything's perfect. And, uh, and I had some concerns and, uh, I don't even remember who it was, but it was like a world-class top shooter. And, uh, they said, listen, even I am not good enough to recognize the difference in a whisker biscuit and a drop away. I can't he said a drop away by nature is going to be more accurate, but I myself am not a good enough shooter to notice any difference. And, uh and sure enough, man, I put it on and, and uh I haven't noticed anything out to, out to a hundred to where I'm like, man, I probably should have went back to a drop away. You know, I haven't noticed that yet. So uh, I've been, I've been really pleased with it. And uh again, the simplicity that it offers and just the, the flawlessness that it offers, I, I I've been impressed with it. So, so I am, I'm happy with it um what are you guys highlights from 2020 what's the what's the biggest highlight that stands out for you in 2020
0: I'll let Warren start because I don't want
2: to steal his thunder what, what do you think oh no I know where I'm going uh, I think for me it would definitely had to been my New Mexico elk that was uh I'd never hunted New Mexico before went to New Mexico and um had one camera guy down there and, and dad was able to come down for three days, but he wasn't able to stay the whole time. And it was uh the first first couple of days were I want to say they were a little rough, but I really can't say that because I passed a pretty decent bull on the first day. But uh it was it was an awesome hunt. I had my heart broken by about a 350 bull and then um Dad called in for me, and then about a three hundred, and then about another three hundred, and then he had to fly home that night. That was all in one evening, and then the next morning, uh, myself and, and Eli, one of our camera guys, went back to the same spot, and I killed a five by five bull. Uh, so that to me was really cool. I wish Dad could have been there, but at the same time, it was cool. That was the very first elk that I've ever killed um, on my own, as far as called it in for myself and did everything strictly on my own, no caller or anything. Um, So that was kind of a bittersweet uh, hunt, but it was was a lot of fun for me.
1: Yeah, and a gorgeous bull it was, my friend. Congratulations on that.
2: Thank you.
0: I think that one was up there. I mean, and not so much the one he shot. I wasn't there for that. But the bull that we called in, uh, 350 bull is not huge to some people, but I can tell you it would have been on any of our walls. And to have him come in like he did Warren's at full draw again, this speaks to uh, not to plug bear, but Warren was at full draw for I, over a minute. I'm sure.
2: Yeah. The first time when, when
0: this big bull comes in and there's three of us there, cameraman I'm calling and Warren's there. And I mean, it was one of those moments I'm like, this is going to happen and he's going to end up with a bigger bull than I have on the wall. Cause at the time I believed it was that big. And um, so that was like, I was like, it doesn't get any better than this. However, um, back in the spring, I had finished my first grand slam by killing a turkey and uh, killing a, uh, Osceola, but then Karen actually killed a turkey with her bow and we did it with no decoys, no nothing. The turkeys get here really tough. And it was one of those things where her and I talked about it and talked about what we were going to do that afternoon. And I said, let's try this. And it worked. She shot a turkey at eight yards and just made a perfect shot It didn't go anywhere. We had our dog with us in the blind, which was the first time we'd ever taken him hunting. And so all that was huge. But then I got a—I I mean, I topped mine off by killing a drop-tying whitetail this year, a deer that we knew is um, base drop, is an eight-inch drop-tying. And so 2020 was good to us. So, uh, you know, it was all good because there's more in there than that. Those are just some of the highlight ones.
1: That's awesome, man. Absolutely incredible. Now, one thing I like to ask, you know, Fred was big on field notes and making himself a better hunter and sharing those to make other people better hunters. What's one field note that you guys have taken over the year, over the years that I can put in my back pocket and make myself a better hunter with?
2: Oh, well, we have an app that has got about <laughs> 700 of those. <laughs>
1: um, well, pick two of your favorites and share them with us.
2: On a species?
1: anything man uh you know it can be a general hunting tip it could be a uh an elk hunting specific tip it could be a a turkey hunting specific tip antelope hunting specific tip uh, whatever just uh you know something to where if i'm ever you know in colorado and having trouble getting it done i can i can look back and think well wait a second warren told me to try this or warren gave me this piece of advice or, or or maybe i should should apply this to to my hunt and uh, just something I can take and make myself a better sportsman with.
0: I, I know the one you should talk about because you're the one that made the changes in, in that stance between a ladder oh. and a hang-on.
2: Yeah, personally, I'm not a big fan of uh, of ladder stands. And my reasoning is we have a stand that is, it's basically just a highway. There's just a ton of deer that go through this spot. And as what we started having happening is these deer were not picking us off, but they would be coming through here. These does would be walking by, and they would see the ladder. And then when they, you know, they'd see the ladder stand, they would just follow it up, and they would see a blob in that tree. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like photography. They always teach you, you know, you want lines going to your subject when you're videoing or, or taking a picture of something because your eyes will naturally follow there. Well, a deer does the same thing on uh, stands like that. The other issue we had with some of them is you couldn't get next to the tree. And so when that would happen, um we have a picture of side by side being out from the tree, you know, a foot and a half and your body, you know, standing next to the tree like where you're not silhouetted. And I believe that going almost solely hang on's has been one of the best things that I've done as far as not getting busted by deer. Because it gives you the ability to stay so close to the tree, and it gives you the ability, uh, and it takes away the eyes of the deer. As far as they're really going to have to look for you, they're going to have to catch you moving or or something in that nature to pick you off. Where I do, I truly believe that um, that a ladder stand will give you out, and so why Dad tells me to talk about that is because after uh, after I got picked off a couple times, I switched all of them, all the ones that I had access to to hang ons. And I won't put up, a, put up a ladder stand. So he has to battle me sometimes about the stands that we have left.
0: And awesome, then, man. I think, Dylan, if I had to pick one, it's um, don't let the weather dictate what you're doing. And what I, do, I, what I do and don't mean, what I do mean is I know so many people that think tomorrow is going to be the perfect weather. That's the day I should be hunting. The barometer is going to be right. The moon is right. There's no wind or there's less wind or more wind. All those factors play a part in your hunt. Learn how to adapt with what you're dealing with or you're going to miss the best chance. Of, because every day that you don't go is a day you're guaranteed not to kill what you're after.
1: Yeah. Now, touch on barometer real quick. What do you, what do you look for in that barometer reading to be that quote-unquote perfect, perfect barometer?
0: In, I mean, I think it, I, what I'm looking for is steady. I love love it when it moderates or it starts to rise. I I hate, I don't like, I'm not a fan of significant weather coming in. I know there's people out there that will fight me tooth and nail on that, but I'm a much better fan, much bigger fan. I've seen much more success after that front has come through. So low pressure comes in and we see, you know, a a storm system of some sort. People love, oh, I want to be right in front of it. The deer are all on their feet. They know it's coming or turkeys or whatever. And I don't see that as much as I see a high-pressure system moving back in and taking over. And when that moves out, and I'm talking, in my personal opinion, that's minutes. I've seen it go from crappy weather here, raining. I've seen this in multiple states. It's just really, really nasty. And then that barometer starts to rise again because we're pushing that out of there. And if you could be in a stand five minutes after it quit raining, well, you know, especially if it's been a big storm where the barometers dropped to, you know, whatever kind of low and stayed there for a couple of days, man, those deer come off their feet. And we've seen it with elk as well. So I've not just seen it in one species, but it just seems like it really makes a difference. So that would be my part on the barometer.
1: Um, you, you know, and it goes right back to what you just said. Um, it goes exactly back to what you just said of not letting the weather dictate being out there or not, because like, I mean, there are some people who say uh, when it's dropping, go, when it's steady, go, when it's raising, go. Um, so I think it's an important thing to note and it's an important thing to look at, but it shouldn't just completely dictate my hunt and and, and saying, oh man, it's raising, I'm not even going today, or it's lower, I'm not even going today, you know? Um, so it's an important thing to to note and it's an important thing to to look at but it shouldn't completely dictate your hunt. I had a friend last week who was supposed to go to Northern Missouri and hunt. And he said, uh, he called me, he said, well, my hunt got canceled. I said, why? He said, uh, the guy I was going hunting with just thought it was too warm, too hot. And, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, it might be a little warmer, but it doesn't mean that deer is not going to move. So you're missing a whole week of hunting just because a little warm. And, uh, and so that, yeah, that's a good tip, man. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, guys stay in and just say, "Oh, it's you know, it's it's raining. My deer don't move when it's raining." Well, how do you know? You know, unless you're out there. So uh, that's a good tip, man.
0: No, he's probably right. They don't move because he's never been there to see them. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just one of those things. And and it's not foolproof. Nothing is. You could have the worst barometer. You could have the worst system in front of you. You could have everything wrong but the right doe walks underneath your stand and drags the biggest buck of your life right by you. And if you're not there, you're not going to kill it.
2: Yeah. I think that's one thing I would add to that is that I think that a lot of times as hunters, we're talking about overthinking our equipment. I think this day and age with all the technology and everything that a lot of times we just overthink deer hunting. And I know that I have been guilty on it a lot, but sometimes, you know, it really isn't, it doesn't need to be that complicated. You go where they're going to be in the morning and, be where they're going to go and feed in the afternoon and try not to pressure them. And it's, a lot of it is really gets pretty simple. If it's getting hot, well, then you probably uh, need to bank on trying to capitalize in that first hour or being closer to a water source. Um, You know, you got to push in a little bit further because he's probably not going to get up as early. A lot of it is a lot more simple. I think than we make it out to be sometimes.
1: Yeah it absolutely is man and it goes back to what you just said that doe can that doe can cruise by and bring him by at any time and you know there's a lot of things in life that dictate what i do but my wife's the number one and uh and, if, and it's the same with them with them deer man it could be a little too warm but if that doe's in the moment and and, and she's ready and primed that buck's gonna do it that what she wants him to do so uh absolutely man i 100 agree with you that we shouldn't always let the weather and the and and what nature is doing play our be our major deciding factor on whether we're hunting or not well gentlemen thank you so much for coming on i am excited to have you guys on board um what have you guys seen change i got one more question for you you're going on you're going on seven years you've been with us six years what have you guys seen change in those seven years in those six years that has excited you about bear archery,
2: oh well, I think that um the the bows themselves have made a huge jump. I think from I loved my arena, but the redemption in comparison is not even on the same plane, and so I've been really, really excited to see the the advancements and um the quality that bear continues to produce.
1: I 100% agree with you, man. 100%. Um, the arena 30 was the last bow that I shot before stepping away from bear for a little while. And, uh, and then when I got the Kuma back in my hands, it was like night and day difference between just even those two bows. And now you look at the redemption and the Kuma and it's night and day difference. And, uh, yeah they have made some huge strides in the production of their bows
0: and i and i think for me um maybe i'm a little older and i look at things a little bit differently has been not so much change and and what i mean by that is boy, we've we've tackled some of the hardest um uh years we've seen as far as sales and archery has gone down and it's gone up and um, and bear has gone through some different, um, people in different positions and yet they have stayed the course. The the mission has stayed the same and Alec Wyman, and we're not plugging Alec, but I'm just telling you that in this few months that I have known Alec now, I believe like they have found kind of the, and I'm not a fan of, uh, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, but they found that type, type of winner in these, in, in him. Um, so I'm a huge fan of him and I'm a huge fan of bear finding him. Um, so that's where where I guess I'm coming from, Dylan, is that I've seen other companies that have made major changes and then they've had to go back and resend what they did. And, um, bear has not done that. They've stayed the course the whole way. And so that's been excellent.
1: I 100% agree with you, man. And that is, that is why a company like bear archery can get away with a slogan like the Fred bear way. Because throughout the years, over all the changes, over all the things in the industry that, that have gone on, they've stayed the course. They've stayed true to who they are. They've stayed true to the Fred Bear way. And uh, and listen, I'm not going to tell Alec that we talked about him uh, because I want to see if he listens to the podcast. And, uh, and, and I'll know if he did or not because he'll call and say, hey, man, you know, you guys didn't have to say those nice things about me. But that is what I went back to just going back to say that man is is they found a guy who who lives and breathes to 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 make bear archery better and yep. and i for one am incredibly excited to see what happens but uh i am incredibly excited to have you guys on board for it i'm incredibly excited that you guys are a part of the Fred Bear way and that you guys are are out there living and breathing life the Fred Bear way
0: thank you sir we appreciate it yeah
1: well guys thank you so much for listening um Thank you so much for coming on, gentlemen. Uh, make sure and go check out our giveaway. Uh, we have a giveaway going on right now. So if you didn't catch that in the last episode, uh, all the details on that, you can win a free hunt, free 2021 redemption, and all of your expenses paid by our friends over at, at Pope and Young and American Hunt. So make sure if you didn't hear all the details about the giveaway, go back to last week's episode and listen to it or go check out Bear Archery's social media and find that giveaway so you can get entered to win. Guys, thanks for listening. You guys have a great week.